This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Andy Viano. This week we release our annual music issue, or at least it was an annual issue before the coronavirus pandemic got in the way last year. And of course, the 2021 edition does touch on some of how the local scene was impacted. That includes an update on how one institution, the nonprofit North Valley Music School, was able to adapt right away, stay operational, and even thrive through remote lessons and recitals that began from day one of the pandemic shutdown. The school's executive director, Deidre Corson, is my guest this week. We'll talk about everything that's gone on in the last year, about the power of music, and about why she, mostly jokingly, wants North Valley Music School to take over the world. And stick around after that conversation for a rundown. The biggest local stories that you may have missed from the last week. But first, a reminder that all of the work we do at the Flathead Beacon, including this podcast, is made possible in part by the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Club members contribute as little as $5 a month to keep our work going, and they can qualify for some great perks, too. To join the club today or learn more, visit BeaconEditorsClub.com. All right, time now for my conversation with North Valley Music School Executive Director Deidre Corson, and we'll pick things up more than one year ago, back in March of 2020. When the pandemic hit, uh, and on March 16th, the governor shut us down, we knew we couldn't stop bringing music to our community. And really we needed to, you know, push the gas pedal. Uh, people proved to need music. It was one of those mediums that held us together, I think as a community and as a nation and a world and musicians were doing all sorts of cool things, including the music school to provide music as a place of solace. And so the music school we went remote on March 16th and our staff offices moved into people's houses and all the teachers um, worked on getting their students working on, you know, uh, FaceTime, Google Meets, Skype, Zoom, all kinds of different, whatever worked between the teacher and the student, uh, we made it happen. And we held on to most of our teachers. Some teachers were teaching that day. and. A lot of our students stuck on and we had parents tell us it was so important to have our music lesson every week, like to have one adult who was consistent and to have one lesson that was consistent every week face to face via even if it was over a Zoom. Uh, it really made a big difference in their family. So we're really proud to keep going. I'm so impressed with our faculty and staff to just make it happen. Impressed with our community to continue to support us through it all, too. It was, it was a, a tough, long year, and, and everyone did a great job at stepping it up. 
Well, let me ask you, Deidre, about one of the things that uh, that you told me when we talked about uh, more broadly the power that that you believe music has, and, and you compared it to things like clean air and clean water, things that that perhaps we take for granted but grow to appreciate uh, at a certain point. What, what do you think people grew to appreciate or stopped taking for granted about music during the the pandemic in the last year? Sure, sure. You know, um, a couple of years ago, I had written a letter in one of our end reports, and I made the comment that people need food, they need water, they need shelter and security to survive, but they need music and the arts to feel alive. There's a big difference there, surviving and feeling alive. And I think music, the arts, they have this power to make us feel, um, whether it's happy or sad or angry, it really can open up those, you know, music, music, it's proven has, it's one of the few mediums where it connects the right side of the brain to the left side of the brain. And I, it just is that holistic mediums that we find in life, you know, music and art can do that. So I just, I think not everybody takes music lessons to be a professional musician. You know, we take music to gain an appreciation that it's not magic when you put a flute up to your mouth and you make a sound. Um, It takes time. It takes practice. It takes patience. uh, It takes tenacity. An orchestra doesn't pull off, you know, Beethoven's Ninth without working together as a team, without trusting one another without listening to one another. And all these pieces are something that our our whole society needs to maybe be better at (laughs) regarding some pieces of the world. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's not magic, but it is magical. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. And, and I, I wonder too, you know, we spoke about some of the other uh, satellite locations in, in Lincoln County that you offer and possibly expanding other places in the Valley. But I, I, I wonder about the, the town where the school is located. And Whitefish has a, a vibrant arts and music community and, and culture. And, and there are opportunities to perform are, are pretty plentiful there. What does it mean for the music school to, I guess, both have access to some of those performers and musicians who live there and for the students to see people performing and and succeeding right in their backyard in their own town? Sure. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Whitefish is a, a rich arts community, lots of amazingly talented musicians and in a wonderful place for music students to thrive. I think there are, we've got to be at least five music events that happen throughout the summer, right in Whitefish. And one of the events that we are a part of, a festival Amadeus, and we have a congruent camp festival Amadeus, where the festival Amadeus is done through Glacier Symphony. It's one of our collaborative programs. And they bring in, you know, their musicians and guest artists and their musicians become our camp faculty. So our students and our campers are working, you know, one-on-one eight hours a day for five and a half days with these professional musicians. 
And then the guest artists, some of them come in three afternoons during the week and do these great musical journeys. So we bring in world-class musicians from around the world to this Festival Amadeus and the students from Camp Festival Amadeus get to sit and have a one-on-one, you know, conversation with these artists. So it just, you know, where in the world, it just doesn't happen everywhere. And here we are in rural Montana, you know, up in the Northwest pocket of a rural state. And our students have access to artists from Germany and every continent, you know, they bring them in. It's just a really neat town. And then our satellites, it's been really fun. Years ago, we had satellites in Kalispell and Columbia Falls. And they, without management and the right people running those satellites, they kind of fell away. And so we're trying to rebuild and figure out what that looks like and how it works best for North Valley Music School. But currently, um, we have two satellites in operation up, not that you think you could get there, but further northwest up into rural Montana in Eureka and also in West Kootenai um, area. We have about 25 students up there and a couple of our teachers travel up there. It's a couple hour drive to West Kootenai area where they're, they're teaching. But yeah, 25 students have access to, you know, again, professional music teachers and educators, which is, I mean, it's awesome. And so we're, we're trying to figure out our board is trying to figure out what, what makes the most sense strategically in the state. And with online platforms, I mean, we have a student now in Arizona. We have another couple that bought some gift certificates over in Vermont for lessons. So we have a, the ability now with online programming to spread our wings even further. But I do think, you know, that in-person piece is, is vital. And if we can continue to move further out of just the Flathead Valley, I, I would love that. And I think our board would be, really be excited about it too. We just we need to make sure it's done right to keep the product a high quality product. So well, yeah, we'll get there. We're gonna, again, we're going to take over the world, Andy. <laughs> Music's going to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> if, if people want to help you do that, I say this is a nonprofit organization. What uh, what can they do? Where can they go? And, and how can they find out more information about North Valley Music School? Sure. Um, you can find out all sorts of information at our website, northvalleymusicschool.org. Uh, we have a new quarter note bundle program right now that's geared a little bit towards adults to bring more adults in. But, you know, scroll through the website. We definitely have a link for donations. We're the only nonprofit community music school in the state of Montana. Um, we have we serve students all the way across to, you know, we have down in Missoula, Helena, Bozeman, Anaconda, uh, Shelby. And then we have students going west over into or northwest Eureka, Lincoln County, and then Idaho and Washington. So. You know, if you would love to support our programs, we would love you right back. You can hit the donate link at northvalleymusicschool.org. I'd love to talk with you. You can call the school. The phone number is right on the website. And if, you know, if you have any questions about our programming or our organization, I'd be happy to chat and spread the joy of music. Deidre, thank you so much. Uh, Always great to talk to you and appreciate you making a little time today. Andy, thanks for having me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks again to Deidre Corson, the executive director of the North Valley Music School. 
and be sure to read my story in this week's Beacon about the school, which you can also catch online at flatheadbeacon.com. That website is also where you can read the rest of our music issue coverage, including the return of a major Whitefish Festival, an update on the construction of a much-needed large performance venue in Kalispell, and plenty more on all the music coming to Northwest Montana this year. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. And now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 10 p.m. on Tuesday, April 13th. Whitefish Mountain Resort closed for the season on Sunday, putting a bow on a year that saw the resort smash visitation records despite the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Resort officials say they broke a record set in the 2018-19 season by at least 20%, with more than 450,000 skiers and snowboarders on the mountain since opening day back in December. Operations at the resort were still altered this year because of the pandemic, with single-rider lift lines eliminated, leading to longer wait times, and bars and restaurants operating at reduced capacity. In addition to announcing the record visitation, the mountain also revealed that a high-speed six-pack lift will be constructed from the base lodge and operational in time for the start of the 2022-23 season. A development CEO, Dan Graves, called the sign of, quote, truly exciting times. In other news, Flathead County has hired a new administrator, naming a former U.S. Coast Guard officer to one of the most powerful unelected posts in the county. Peter Melnick will replace outgoing administrator Mike Pence, who announced last year that he would be stepping down after a 16-year stint in the job. Melnick was announced as the hire by the three-member Flathead County Commission on Tuesday, and he brings a unique resume to the job, one without prior local government experience. Melnick, who currently lives in the Washington, D.C. area, worked in a variety of leadership roles in the Coast Guard, including as a deputy budget chief, operations executive, press secretary to the commandant, and the deputy director of human resources. When he was interviewed for the job in March, Melnick touted his ability to remain above the political fray and his experience managing large budgets and staffs, both of which will be part of his role with the county. He also acknowledged that while he may not have the most traditional background, He was eager to get the chance to do something new, saying, quote, instead of serving through military service, I get to serve through public service. So I'm excited about that opportunity. Melnick will start his new job in June. Elsewhere, a 22-year-old charged with killing a man behind a whitefish bar last summer has reached a plea agreement with prosecutors that, if accepted, would see him serve five years in prison. Xavier Chenault will be sentenced Thursday by Judge Robert Allison and is expected to receive a 15-year sentence 
with 10 of those years suspended. Chenault was charged late last year with negligent homicide after prosecutors said he struck Steven Spear with an open-handed slap in an alley outside the Whitefish VFW on July 30th. Spear was knocked to the ground and struck his head. He died of his injuries several days later. Prosecutors said they waited to charge Chenault while awaiting a final autopsy report. That report showed Spear died from blunt force injuries to the head and that Spear was highly intoxicated at the time of his death. And finally, the city of Columbia Falls has received a large grant from the federal government but is expected to spur nearly $6 million in private investments and create as many as 70 new jobs. The grant from the Economic Development Administration at the U.S. Department of Commerce will go towards several infrastructure projects. The awarding of the more than $600,000 was praised by both of Montana's U.S. Senators, with John Tester saying the funds will, quote, attract new businesses, create jobs, and put Montana's economy back on the right track. That's our show for this week. Remember, you can read more about all of these stories and catch the latest breaking news for free at flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.